Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supertop podcast. I'm Oshin, recording from Ljubljana in Slovenia. I'm Padraig, recording from Vancouver. And this week we're joined by John Brayton in Massachusetts. We're very excited to announce that John is the new owner of Unread. Similar to Dennis, who we spoke to last week, John reached out to us after the episode of the podcast where we spoke about the futures of our different apps. And he had a proposition for us that he would be interested in taking over on Red and bringing it forward if we were ever interested in letting it go. And after a little bit more discussion, we decided that that was definitely the best future for Unread. And we've put everything in place and John is now officially the owner of Unread. It's going to launch later this week. And we have John here to talk to us a little bit more about it. So thanks very much for joining us, John. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it was uh, it was funny. Uh, you know, I heard you talking on that podcast and I and the impression I got when I was listening to the discussion is that, you know, it was sort of in the back of your mind, but you weren't really considering selling Unread right now. So I just sent the email thinking, well, this isn't going to go anywhere, but I'm just, since they brought it up, I just want to tell them if they ever decide that they don't want to sell Unread anymore, I'd be really interested in taking it off of their hands. So next thing I knew, we had a, a deal going. Yeah, thanks for getting in touch. And I'm glad to have all of those apps in, in good hands now. We knew who you were a little bit because you sponsored the Supertop podcast before for another app you make called Feedhawk, right? Uh, yes. Feedhawk is an app that I wrote to make it easy to subscribe to RSS feeds while just visiting a website on your iPhone or iPad. I wrote it because I found myself subscribing to fewer RSS feeds. And the reason for that was I do so much casual web browsing from my iPhone and there was just no really easy way to subscribe to a website from my iPhone. On the Mac, I use a Safari extension called Subscribe to Feed that was written by Daniel Jelkett, and I wanted something analogous to that on my phone, so I decided to write Feedhawk. And it lets you subscribe to any website using Safari, Chrome, or just about any iOS web browser, as long as it's got a share sheet, you can use Feedhawk to subscribe to a site's feeds while you're visiting that site. Yeah, I remember at the time thinking it was such a perfect compliment to Unread because Unread didn't have the ability to subscribe to a feed manually from the iOS app itself. Um, so it, it was great that with Feedhawk and Unread together, you could get much better functionality in that way as well. The two apps definitely make for a great pair. Yeah, for sure. I think with Feed Wrangler, I had a one of those JSON bookmarklets set up so that I could go into bookmarks and tap that, and then it would subscribe. But it, it didn't always work. And I, I kind of forget those bookmarklets are there on Safari as well. So yeah, the, the really nice thing with uh, Feedhawk is being able to use it from Twitter when I open a blog post there, and then I can decide that I want to follow that that writer. You have some, uh, two other apps, right? Um, yes. So I also have an iOS app called Mercado. And Mercado lets you create site-specific browsers on uh, your iPhone. I wrote that because I specifically I wanted Facebook cookies to be entirely separate from all my other web browsing history. I didn't want Facebook to be able to track other sites that I was visiting. And I just wanted those cookies to be completely separate. And frankly, I don't trust Facebook enough to put their apps on my phone, but I do feel like I have to have a Facebook account. So that's, that was my way of segregating that is I, I wrote Mercado for iOS. That sounds great. I haven't, I haven't tried Mercado, but I, I think I'll give it a go now. I, I ended up signed out of Facebook somehow the other day and I haven't, I've been resisting signing back in, but <laughs> <laughs> this might push me back in. <laughs> well, we should probably get into some of the practicalities of the transition. 
it's not the first transition that Unread has had in its life. Um, a few years ago, when we took it over from Jared, it had to be published on our own developer account. And similarly, again, it needs to move now to a new developer account. You've been doing a little bit of work over the past few weeks to make sure that that transition was going to be seamless and, and work for people who already had the app from before, right? Um, right. So what I did, I used what you had done with the previous transition as a template. And of course, also we used uh, an awful lot of that code. Um, the way it works is that first you want to make sure that you have the latest version of Supertop Unread, which is version 163. Um, that came out just about two weeks ago. And then you'll have to also download my new app, which is Unread 1.7, and you'll unlock it. You'll go through the unlock process to make the in-app purchase the same way you would any other in-app purchase. But as long as you have the super top version of Unread installed on your iPhone or iPad, one of the options will be a free migration of your super top purchase. And that free migration also will work for customers who bought the app from Jared Sinclair and then transitioned to uh, super top and they're now transitioning again. Oh, nice. The way it'll work is, you know, you'll say you want to migrate your purchase and it'll open the old version of Unread. The super top version of Unread will reopen my version of Unread and say, yes, you're authorized and it'll let you complete a free in-app purchase. So there's absolutely no cost. It's a free in-app purchase. And then once you've done that once, you should be able to restore that purchase on any other devices you have. Right. So once you're set up there, you can delete the older apps and just have the new one? Yes. Wow, people who bought the app originally from Jared Sinclair have got pretty good value, I think. And I, and I should clarify, it doesn't transition directly from Jared Sinclair's app. It assumes you have transitioned or will transition the purchase from Jared Sinclair's app to your app. It's been three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if someone hasn't tried to install it in three years, they're probably not going to. <laughs> Are there any other changes in 1.7 or is it basically just to the first release on your account and you're going to move forward from there? Um, there are several other changes. One is that it's one universal app for both iPhone and iPad. I can tell you from experience that's going to cut down on a lot of your support email because that's one of the biggest things we heard about. <laughs> and so the transition will work whether you had uh, Supertop on Red for iPhone or iPad. Both will bring you into that single new app, right? Yes. As long as you've unlocked at least one of the Supertop Unread apps on the device where you're performing the transition, you'll be able to perform the transition. And then on another device, you should be able to just restore purchases. Yeah. So that's a good bonus for, for previous users who only had it on, on one platform before, right from day one down, they're going to have a, a universal app that they can use on their iPad and their iPhone as well. So another change is that I simplified the pricing a bit. There's now just one purchase in US dollars. It's $5.99. I may add the tipping functionality back at some point, but I, I sort of went to the opposite ex extreme of simplifying to the point that I just have one in-app purchase for new customers. And also, everyone's going to have to sign into their accounts again because it's a whole new app. Because of that, I thought, well, this would make a really good time to see if there's anything in the account setup process that I can make even just a little bit better. So one thing I did with Feedly and with Newsblur, that web-based login process now uses uh, Safari View Controller. Fever now supports 1Password. So on one screen, you enter the URL of your Fever instance. Unread will validate that it is able to talk to Unread at that URL. And then after you do that, you go to another screen and enter the email address and password and one password integration will work on that screen. And I also made some just small changes for 
activity feedback while the app is performing the login process. There's a few more progress indicators and things like that just to give you slightly better feedback. So that's that's mostly what's new in 1.7. Great. Yes, I think people really appreciate this. The simpler pricing structure is another thing that has been, I think, in the back of our minds for a while. We definitely went to an extreme with uh, offering tips and various purchase options. And I think the main thing we got wrong with that is that we didn't even explain what the differences really were between the... We had like an indie hero, I think, level where you could pay like 12 or $13. And we didn't make it very clear that that was just like, here's a way to pay more than double the cost <laughs> to support us. We occasionally got emails or tweets asking what the difference was. So yeah, I think you're on the right track there for sure. Also, because of how the App Store will now promote particular in-app purchases, and I think you select those in iTunes Connect, which ones you want to promote. Right. That's going to be a lot nicer than, I think... We must have had like 25 different in-app purchases because <laughs> each one had to be like every tip level multiplied by every payment level, which was, I think, already 12. And then we had our separate tips as well. So, yeah, I think it just got confusing. Even just not having to set up all those in-app purchases in iTunes Connect, I think you've already saved yourself a lot of time and hassle. <laughs> well, to be honest, that was my initial motivating factor. Is I looked at all the work I'd have to do in iTunes Connect, and I said, I don't know about this. <laughs> Maybe I can simplify this. <laughs> we make an outrageous number of decisions that way. <laughs> so are there any future plans you'd like to discuss? Sure. So... I should preface this by saying that these are uh, these are forward-looking statements. It's hard to say exactly what I'll implement in what time frame, but off the top of my head, in the short term, one thing I want to do is on the iPad support split view side-by-side -side apps. I would also like to support additional feed services. I know InnoReader is a uh, support for InnoReader is a common request, and there are a bunch of other services that like in a reader, use the Google Reader API. So I'll probably, or I'd like to support all of those services. In the longer term, uh, I'd like to add some subscription management capabilities. I've thought about combining Unread and Feedhawk into one app, but one nice thing about them being separate apps is that Feedhawk appeals to customers who might use a different RSS reader. And I worry that if I merge the two apps, that someone who might have bought Feedhawk might shy away from buying Unread because they already have an RSS reader. They don't realize that even if they prefer a different RSS reader, that the Feedhawk functionality would, would still be useful to them. So I don't know. I'm on the fence about that. And even longer term than that, one thing I think about a lot is a way to make RSS readers more approachable because most people don't know what RSS is. Um, and, you know, inside our circles, everybody knows, but, you know, if, if I tell somebody that I, I'm working on an RSS reader, they, they might not have any idea what I'm talking about. And so I'd like to find, I'd like to find a way to make it more approachable. I think requiring a third party syncing service is something where a new customer might download it and then think, oh, well, I need an, an account with one of these services. Oh, never mind. So I keep thinking about a way to, make Unread so that it doesn't require a third-party syncing service, even though there are obviously benefits to that. And I certainly wouldn't want to either compete with existing syncing services, but maybe maybe either support local feeds or maybe have my own syncing service that's just for Unread users. At this point, I'm just sort of thinking out loud about it. I haven't decided what to do about that, if anything, but that's, that's much longer term. Yeah, we talked through that a few times about whether we would 
um, make our own syncing service. Initially, when I was building the backend for Castro, um, I thought, okay, great, this this thing scrapes RSS feeds and aggregates them all in server, so we're going to be 99% of the way to doing one for text RSS feeds rather than podcast RSS feeds. And while, like, for sure, we'd have a huge head start on it, when I actually looked at it, there's a lot more work involved. Like, yeah, for example, people don't generally have hundreds of thousands of podcasts, but some people do get hundreds of thousands of articles into Unread. Sure. <laughs> that changes a bunch of the calculations about how you architect a system and uh, how you manage caching and all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's as scary a thing to embark on as I used to. <laughs> and I think a lot of people would try and talk you might try and talk you out of it, but it's it's parsing some XML and putting it on a server and then making an app be able to get it, right? How hard could it be? <laughs> <laughs> the nice thing about offering that service would be you could it would depend on your business model, I guess, but you could potentially charge some kind of recurring cost for that service if you wanted to or for the sync capability even. That changes the whole game in terms of uh, how you make it into a viable business, I think. I think one of the big roadblocks that you, you pointed out, like when you first download on Red right now, or that makes it difficult for new users is potentially, like you said, about that you need to have an account. But the big part is that you can't jump straight from the app to create one of those accounts as well. So there's potentially possibilities there as well, where perhaps you could talk with some of the different feed services and see you could integrate some sort of account creation in as well. Could be an option. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think Feedly, yeah, I think it's Feedly you can kind of do that. Like you can just sign in with a Google account. But then the process is still horrible because then you just start off with an, like you're signed into an empty Feedly account and there's nothing in non-red and you don't know what to do next. Right. Yeah, I think it's good though that you're thinking in that direction because I think that, I know it's still a little bit uncertain which exact road it's going to be, but I think it's the right mentality to have in terms of like the first run experience of Unread and, and how that can open it up for people. So you're thinking about how to make it so that a user who has downloaded on Red and doesn't know much about RSS can get up and running more easily. Right. What do you think of RSS in the age of Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff? I think a lot of people perceive it as RSS being a competitor to Twitter and Facebook. I don't see it that way because I see them as separate things. I And, and everyone is different in this regard, but I, for example don't want to subscribe to Daring Fireball via Twitter. I want to subscribe to it via my RSS reader by Unread because Unread is where I do my longer form reading. It is just different. Obviously, uh, Facebook and Twitter are each more commonly, you know, everybody has a Facebook account and lots and lots and lots of people have Twitter accounts and far fewer use RSS readers. But I, I would like to be part of changing that. And I also don't like the level of control that the social media companies have. I think that I should be able to publish something and someone else should be able to read it without Twitter or Facebook being involved. Right. Um, and obviously, all of that is possible. But when it's this hard to get started with RSS, it's not really open to everyone. It's open to the few who know how to use these things, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it's nice to be able to subscribe to blogs to publish my own blog without needing Twitter or Facebook to spread that information or to, or to keep up with that information. In some ways, I think FeedHawk and that type of integration, whether it's still in a separate app or if they ever are combined together in some way, like in some ways, I think that could like help to kind of remove some of the mystery around what's involved in finding out a site's RSS feed and pasting it into a text box in a different app. I think iOS has changed a lot over the past few years to try and integrate different parts of the system. And hopefully as users get more familiar with all the different ways that things work in the share sheet and stuff like that, that that kind of action could just become more more natural to them. 
and less like less of a technical challenge or less of a that you have to think about the intricacies of how things are working it's tap the action button and then tap the app that you want to put it into so um i think there's a good combination of the two apps there as well that can make people adding their favorite sites to unread be more natural thing to do maybe even some of the verbiage around it might even be just interesting to consider like adding a feed rather to, or even maybe the word feed itself is like what does that mean <laughs> yeah maybe i should call it something like subscribe to a site or subscribe to a blog i i go back and forth about this a lot because on one hand i feel like you know you subscribe to a site or you subscribe to updates from sites i've been thinking a lot about in the past month whether i should be calling it an rss reader or a news reader but i worry well if i call it a news reader and then someone downloads it and thinks that he or she can use it to subscribe to their favorite newspaper and well they can't because that newspaper doesn't have rss feeds then that's difficult yeah i guess it's a balance between using the words that the existing market already knows versus things that won't be into, too intimidating to new people right but if you're optimistic about the future of rss then i, I think you need to find the new people right <laughs> yes <laughs> there's one thing that kind of crossed my mind as I was preparing for this podcast and it's the maybe I'm struggling too much to try and find a connection to like modern political issues but the fake news connection where Facebook makes it so easy to be fooled by someone who posts a misleading article right um, and Twitter as well maybe just as much whereas RSS you've at least I mean you could still subscribe to an insane blog and read completely insane stuff every single day you can indeed <laughs> <laughs> Um, but at least you haven't been fooled into doing that, which I think was the issue with fake news where someone would post something like some candidate murdered someone and then 50 other slightly more sane people would see that, but, you know, believe some part of it, despite not being a fully committed conspiracy theorist. Yeah, it's it's easy to get caught up in that, especially, well, I'm here in the U.S. And as you know, things are kind of interesting here at the moment politically. Mm -hmm. um, but even there are stories that I've retweeted that I thought were alarming and that was what made me retweet them and then it turns out that the thing i retweeted was either a joke or not entirely true and you know a lot of people have done that and it's it's just something to be aware of and the nice thing about blogs is you have to go a lot further out of your way to publish something on your blog and as a result of that you're probably going to be more careful what you you know you might link to something else from your blog uh, and that's a great thing to do but you're probably going to be more careful about what you're linking to if you're putting that extra thought into it. Yeah, even just the, the friction of it being a few more steps to, to repost something might give you the time to realize, oh, this article was actually posted in 1996. It's not something that just happened today. Right. <laughs> yeah, so maybe RSS has some kind of role there. Or you mentioned before that it should be possible for someone to post something on their blog and then readers to read it without an intermediary. That's something I really like about podcasting and somehow podcasting seems to be growing hugely every year and still, I mean, there are threats to the, the distribution model and like RSS as the infrastructure that podcasts move through, but that is still the de facto way it works. So it can work for sure. One thing that we've covered in some past episodes of the show during the Kickstarter campaign is Manton Reese's micro.blog in which he's trying to advocate for people essentially to take ownership of their content and even if they are cross-posting stuff to to twitter or to wherever that it lives on their own server that they own the content and and it's then all also syndicated through rss and i guess through json feed as well and 
I wonder if like that kind of if that takes off and if people are taking a bit more ownership of their content in that kind of a way and consuming it through an app like Unread, it could be another interesting direction that that the app goes. Um, when Jared initially designed Unread, he envisioned it as a relaxed reading environment for, for long-form writing from your favorite writers. But with the idea of even taking ownership of your own micro-content, I wonder, are there things that could be done in the app to help with consuming that kind of content as well as the longer-form stuff? Right. Um, one thing I, I've thought of, and I don't know that I'm going to do this. In fact, I'm probably not going to do this, so don't get excited. But one thing I thought of is making um, micro.blog another supported blogging service. Unread could treat it just like it treats other feed services. On one hand, I think it's a great idea and something I, I would find interesting. On the other hand, I think it would beg for the ability to also post on your own micro.blog, which would also be useful, but might get a little bit feature creepy in the in the context of Unread. Thinking back about what Jared was envisioning for Unread at the start, I've always liked the vision he had for it. And it also, at the same time, didn't match with how I used RSS. Like the initial post he wrote about it described that it it's like a relaxed re- reading environment for reading your favorite authors. There was kind of an emphasis on quality over quantity. So I could imagine like sitting down on a nice comfortable chair with my coffee and reading the articles that I had saved during the week for this particular occasion. That's the picture I get from it. But I don't think I've ever read RSS that way. I, I use it to keep up with things. It's not quite Twitter for me. It's more the it's like a must follow list on Twitter or something of posts that I want to make sure that I've at least glanced over. The Jared version there is almost like that it's a publishing platform for really well thought out articles rather than posts that you put together in five minutes. I guess I'm similar, more similar to you in that I also tend to, if I have an open Twitter in you know 24 hours and there's a thousand tweets waiting for me, I might just read the most 50 and, and forget about the older ones. Totally, yeah. Whereas with RSS, I have far fewer articles. I'm not going to read all of them, but I will at least read the title of each and decide that I specifically do want to read it or don't want to read it. But yeah, I'm, I'm similar in that I use it to essentially just sort of keep up with things in a manner similar to the way I use Twitter, just I'm more likely to um, look over everything. I'm really looking forward to seeing, John, how these ideas affect the work that you do on Red and the, the features that you implement over the coming months and years. You mentioned split-screen support before for iPad. And I think even in that one feature alone, I think maybe some of the different differences between these ways of using RSS can, can be revealed and can be catered for, where if you end up with unread in a in a side panel on your iPad, clearly that's not the exact same kind of environment that Jared initially laid out for the app, but it's a use case that is in high demand, judging from our support channels, and I look forward to forwarding any of those that accidentally land in our inbox to you instead in the future. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, John, for joining us and for taking over Unread. Uh, we, we really wish you the best of luck with this, and I, I look forward to continuing to use it myself. Thank you for trusting me with the uh, with the future of Unread. I, I will not let you down. Thanks, John. We actually, we had, the time goes so fast. I realized that we've had Unread for, for three years. And it is definitely times that it, like, it really helped us out. Um, it really helped us to have diverse income streams at different times. Um, I think especially through some of the stages of Castro 1, we would have been in much more difficult situation financially if we hadn't also had Unread to, to help us pay the bills. Um 
we've reached a time now where it's good for us to to focus back just on just on Castro on its own. And as you said from that initial podcast episode, we hadn't fully decided if that was the direction we wanted to go yet. But it was a discussion we were having, and your email and knowing you from Feedhawk and and trusting you is something that really helped us make that decision. And we're we're very happy that things have worked out the way they have. So thanks again, John, so much for that. Thank you. Great. Well, go and download the new one, Red, if it's out when this podcast is out. I presume it will be. We won't release this podcast until it's out. <laughs> um, and where can people find you if they want to keep up with you on Twitter or read your blog? Or So my uh, my company is Golden Hill Software. You can find it at goldenhillsoftware.com and you can subscribe to the RSS feeds or JSON feeds for the site from there. My company is on Twitter at goldenhillsw. And also, I now have the Unread Twitter account, which is Unread underscore app. And also, my personal Twitter account is uh, John Brayton, all one word. Okay, so that was John Brayton of Golden Hill Software, the new owner of Unread, somebody who we're very grateful to and who we wish all the best into the future. So, we only have one app now, Podrick. We don't have anyone lined up to buy it, so I'm kind of I'm kind of panicking for what we can do next episode. <laughs> it feels great to know that we can focus entirely on our one product and do our best with it. And it means, I mean, you mentioned at the end there with John that uh, Red really helped us get through some leaner times with Castro. That support is gone now, so now it's really all on, like, on one hand, we get to put all our energy into Castro and not be distracted. And on the other hand, we don't have the safety of knowing that there are other revenue streams coming in at the same time. Yeah, all eggs in. This Castro-shaped basket, I guess. Speaking of which, if you want to sponsor the Super Top Podcast... <laughs> yes, that's our only other safety. $100 every two weeks. That's what's going to keep us going. <laughs> okay, this podcast is over. We better get back to work on Castro. Bye. Ciao.